me feel like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. It's another edition of the Conquer Local podcast. And we're excited to bring you one of the speakers that was postponed when we were not able to have Conquer Local in the beautiful city of Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Dr. Chitra Anid is our guest today on the podcast recently defended her thesis and officially has her doctorate. She has over 20 years of experience in the technology industry, her discipline, sales and marketing. We're going to love it. She spent time as the head of communications for Microsoft Canada, reported directly to the CEO of TELUS, and also was the director of operations at OpenText. Her writing has been featured in the Globe and Mail and Huffington Post, and she teaches several courses at Humber and Sheridan College. She's the author of The Greenhouse Approach, How to Cultivate Deliberate Innovation in Organizations. We're going to learn a lot about that book. The Greenhouse Approach is now required reading for the Forbes School of Business MBA program. So Dr. Chitra Anid will be coming up next on the Conquer Local podcast. Joining us on the line all the way from uh, beautiful Ontario, Dr. Chitra Anand, and welcome to the Conquer Local podcast. We're excited to have you here. Well, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You know, um, Chitra was going to be one of our keynote speakers at this year's Conquer Local conference, and of course, that's not happening, um, as most events have been uh, shut down due to COVID-19. So, Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast to give listeners a glimpse of what they may have saw live if we had that beautiful event. I was so excited to have that event in Montreal. Anyways, maybe next year. So thank you for joining us. You're welcome. And congratulations on uh, becoming a doctor and getting your doctorate. That's a very exciting uh, progression of your career. Tell us a little bit about your background um, Dr. Anand, and, and uh, then we'll get into the topic of the podcast today. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that um, spirited um, congratulations. Um, so I have spent my career primarily in the technology industry. Um, the companies that I've worked with are, include OpenText, which is a software company out here in the tech triangle. I spent 10 years at TELUS. Um, and then five years at Microsoft. So the most of my career has been spent in these tech-related firms. Um, my discipline, per se, has been primarily in sales, marketing, communications, branding. My last post at TELUS was working with directly with the CEO there in his office, Jonah Telly, who's now the CEO at Rogers, um, working on strategic projects, um, Etc. And then I went over to Microsoft as their chief communications officer, helping lead the transformation of the brand when they were transitioning from software to what we know today as mobile and cloud. Um, so that's my professional life. And then I have an academic life. Um, I've just completed my dissertation and my defense on a concept called um, entrepreneurship. And entrepreneurship is, from my perspective, 
the gateway for sustainable growth in large complex organizations. And part of my journey in coming upon this idea and concept was sort of this labor of love. I've grown up in these large companies, um, but my time there I really operated like an entrepreneur inside of these companies and operating like an entrepreneur inside these large companies presents challenges um, simply because of their structure, um, just their constructs on how they operate. And then when you, you know, bring in entrepreneurialism, which requires a lot of uh, risk-taking, experimentation, micro-experiments, um, some level of um, agility and um, rapid decision making. It presents challenges simply because of their structure. So, you know, it's been a um, a deeply um, sort of professional contribution that I've wanted to make in this space to help organizations reimagine their constructs and how they operate. You know, as you can see in today's market, um, we are being challenged with all sorts of macro trends. And right now is this global pandemic that we know. And it's really forcing organizations to become agile, to become nimble, nimble to conduct micro experiments on how to reimagine themselves in highly volatile times. And I believe that entrepreneurialism and that way of thinking is really an opportunity for these organizations to reimagine how they operate. It's interesting. I I um, have empathy towards people working in in organizations that that have that entrepreneurial spirit, and mm-hmm. you know the way that you you phrase this really speaks to me. I, I was recently in a, in a meeting with a large organization, about thirty eight billion dollars in revenue. We were working with one of their divisions, and and it was interesting to see them. Um, talk about the anticipated roadblocks of moving forward with a particular initiative and how they had to navigate cross-functionally and, and, you know, be careful that, you know, we can't go down to finance. That's the department to know we have to do it this way. And they were coming up with ways to craft the initiative so that it would work within inside a large organization. I, you know, I could see where this is a very valuable um, path that you're going down because I think that in in these large organizations, are are you finding that 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 entrepreneurial spirit is kind of stifled, maybe a little bit? Um, I think that because of the very ways organizations are set up, um, it certainly does stifle innovation. I mean, it's probably one of the biggest problems that organizations face today. And, you know, we're seeing lots of examples of companies that are, you know, filing for bankruptcy and, you know, having to shut down and, you know, the rise and fall of many great companies. And we're seeing it now in this global pandemic even more. Um, so I think it's, it is probably the biggest problems and challenges that companies are facing today. And it's really around, you know, this innovation, innovation, right? It's this overused term, but when you break it down to the very fundamental core, it's quite simple. And it's about, you know, doing things differently, um, which is a simple idea, but organizations have a hard time getting their heads around it in terms of, you know, execution. And for all the reasons that you just said, because they are matrixed in how they are um, set up. Um, therefore, you need, you know, all sorts of different teams involved in order to, you know, execute ideas. But, you know, there's opportunity in recognizing that, you know, if you don't, there is going to be risk and that risk is going to be of becoming obsolete. And we're seeing that industry to industry um, and, 
through organizations, you know, all over the globe. So, you know, it is, it is one of the hardest uh, yet most pragmatic things that organizations need to think about. You know, your discipline has been in sales and marketing throughout your career, and I'm sure we could talk for hours about the transformation of, you know, those two practices. I wanted to dig a little bit into your incredible book, The Greenhouse Approach, mm. How to Cultivate Deliberate Innovation in Organizations. I think it's important that we note that the Greenhouse Approach is now required reading for the Forbes School of Business MBA program. How how long ago did you author the book? And maybe you could just give our listeners a brief synopsis um, of this, you know, incredible resource that you've created. Thank you. That's so kind of you to say. Um, So the book is about a year old. It came out last year. Um, And typically what happened is you do a doctorate and the book comes after. But, you know, because entrepreneurship is such a timely topic, I had a publisher approach me and say, can you write a book in six months? And I had so much content and a deep desire to have this resource available to organizations, but also available to the academic world and for students that are studying entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship. Um, So the greenhouse approach really is about, you know, what if organizations can emulate a greenhouse with the right thinking, with the right talent, with the right governance, with the right guidelines. And it's written sort of in three parts. And part one is really um, reimagining and challenging the constructs in how we think. And that's probably the most important piece of this is, you know, I talk about, um, or what do we think and behave the way that we do? And it's quite simple. You know, we're a product of our social constructs. If you, if you think about, you know, how we are as children, um, we are risk takers. You know, I've got two children and they are very, very much risk takers. They're highly curious they like to do experiments, they are constantly asking questions, but then somewhere down the line, and it's by the age of 12, these types of things start to diminish. So the question, and then they start to diminish, and then we start to take them through into our professional lives, where we stop asking questions, and we go into these organizations, and we stop um, re-engineering ideas, we stop thinking critically, you know, and the whole first part is really about taking some fundamental shifts in how we think and go back to basics. So for example, I talk about this whole notion of major uh, minority rules. And if you go into a boardroom, for example, and I spent many times in this boardroom, I was always fascinated and perturbed at the fact that you need majority rule to make decisions happen. Now, we all understand and know that when you have majority, there is very little possibility of innovation happening. Innovation happens when you present diverse perspectives, when there is dissent in the room, when there is a debate. It's the fundamental laws of nature and fundamental laws of physics is you need a spark in order to produce something interesting. And so the whole chapter talks about, you know, why minority thinking, and I'm not talking about minority in terms of how we might define it, but it's minority of thought, that somebody has a different perspective or challenges the conventional thinking, and we need to identify those ideas in order to yield the right output. You know, it's interesting that you bring this up because I find that... um 
you know, in, in a boardroom setting or an executive setting, um, there it, it's hard to have that debate because, oh, mm-hmm. now I'm going to have to argue with so-and-so. I've, now I'm going to have to defend my position. I'm going to have to go and do a bunch of research to defend my position. Maybe it'd be better if I just kind of float along. And yeah, do, you, do you see a lot of that happening inside boardrooms where it's, it's easier well, just not to make a decision or to push an agenda because of the, the amount of work on the other side to get to that debate point? Well, of course. I mean, you know, the, I mean, it is always easier to go with the, with the flow, so to speak, and, you know, to go with the majority and to, you know, I mean, we as humans don't want to have debates, you know, there's fear in disagreeing with leadership. There's, there's fear in the room, but what we need to recognize as leaders is that, you know, in order to really become innovative by definition, and in, in order to really break through, you need to invite the debate and we're not really conditioned and we're not set up in these environments to have healthy constructful debates. Um, you know, so the question is why, you know, why is that? Um, so, you know, it's really looking at a paradigm shift on how we, you know, duke it out in the boardroom. And, you know, one of the guiding principles that I talk about is about the end state. Like, what is it that we're trying to achieve? Put politics, put ego, put fear all aside and when your North Star is about a particular outcome, and I talk a lot about that outcome-based thinking, where you're thinking about the best interest of the organization, you yield the right kinds of behaviors. I'd like to uh, call up, you know, Clayton Christensen's Innovator's Dilemma, and and it's used yeah. a number of times as this book that is, you know, one of his seminal works that talks about the you know disruptive technologies and and when I was reading through your book I was noticing that you were talking about this you know we need to have this level of innovation we need to have this greenhouse where we get back to being a student and learning are are you calling out that if you don't have this approach you could fall you know we we all know the story that Kodak had a digital camera long before any of the phone manufacturers that we deal with today had had them but they they didn't know what they had at the time and they didn't want to invest in it because it might upset the core business. So, you know, I'm, I'm using this parallel. I hope that I'm going along the same path that, that you were hoping for in, in your book. Well, I will say that there is risk a hundred percent. You know, there's always going to be that dilemma, particularly with large companies to not deviate from their core, which might be the revenue generator Yet, you need to explore other paths in order to uh, diversify your risk. And, you know, we, we are seeing it time and time again. We see Sears, you see Thomas Cook, you see, um, um, uh, you know, J.C. Penney, you've just seen uh, J. Crew, all of these organizations. And the question really becomes, you know, it's, it's, it's easier to go uh, in hindsight on what went wrong, but it's really about having foresight in order to predict the future and not be afraid to test these ideas. And if you don't, you certainly are presenting multiple risks for your organization. You know, one of the things that I talk about a lot in my book too is around this whole idea of adaptability. And I talk about Charles Darwin and I look at Darwinianism and I bring it back to business. And it's a very, very simple ideology. And it's, 
not about, you know, the smartest of the species, but it's really the ones that are adaptable to change. And it's a simple idea, but we as humans, and then take it and multiply that by, you know, 25 in terms of size and complexity of corporations, just find it difficult to adapt. But it's really around this notion of adaptability and bringing outside-in perspectives to your organization. We see so many organizations that suffer from insularity that are so stuck on how they're operating that they cannot get outside the paradigm. And so what I'm suggesting is really taking things like micro-experiments, like hypothesis testing, and weave that into your business models and how you actually operate as an organization to thrive. It's, you know, over my career as a, as a salesperson, I've been, I'm a proud salesperson for over 30 years. I remember being taught early by a mentor that, you know, 14% of your business is going to go away every year. And they'll either move their organization where they don't need your solution anymore, or they'll move period, or you'll upset them and they won't want to do business with you. So, you know, it was, it was ingrained in me early that I needed to be um, looking for new opportunities to continue to, you know, meet numbers or exceed numbers. Um, And I, I think that what I'm and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm reading into your career path. When you were at TELUS reporting directly to the CEO, it was it was almost like that moonshots thing that we've heard a lot that Google has done where you were testing new opportunities. I, I think that it's even more important today with what we were facing now coming out of post-COVID. Do, do you agree to be looking for new opportunities and ready to make that move? I wouldn't say constantly looking for new opportunities. I would say this. Um, my time at TELUS was um, really around um, working on projects that needed to get done that were um, tied to sort of their strategic imperative. So it was really about execution. You know, it's very hard to make things happen in these big companies, and we know that. Um, So they were highly visible, highly critical projects that needed to be implemented. So there was a high degree of focus um, and accountability. Now, when I talk about adaptation and when I talk about survival of the fittest, it's quite simple. Is I believe that culture dictates business. I mean, there are macro trends that are happening from a world view and worldview, meaning economic, social, political, cultural, all of those things that happen outside of our world will dictate how um, our business will operate. Now, it is the responsibility of the the company to be able to look at these trends and map them back into their organization in order to maintain their relevance in the market. And that's what organizations are failing to do. And then they fall down on execution on top of that. So this, it's, a, it's a complex yet simple problem. If it's a, it's a bit of a catch-22. So what I'm suggesting is having an outside-in perspective where you're constantly scanning the market and able to make small iterations along the way. So there's small changes. There are little experiments. You're never going to see a company that comes out of the gateway with this massive breakthrough innovation. They are successful as a result of these micro experiments that they do along the way 
where they find things that work inside their organization. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. That is the quote. I'm looking at producer Colleen. We're going to put that on the social media post because I believe that as as a society, I've found a lot of people are looking for the silver bullet and it just doesn't exist. It is that constant iteration. Like, does Facebook arrive to be the organization that it is today if it, you know, found some magic? No, there was constant iteration wow. on that solution. Um, and, yeah. and we could look at all sorts of different organizations that have that have done that. And then also to your point, we can look at organizations that haven't done that. They stopped and look what happened to those. Exactly. The, um, the book, once again, the title is The Greenhouse Approach and How to Cultivate Deliberate Innovation in Organizations. We'll make sure that we put the link in the uh, content of this podcast. Dr. Anand is our guest. It's really great to have you. I wish that we could have saw you present live. I've watched some uh, YouTube videos of your presentations. They're quite riveting. And uh, I really appreciate you making some time today to join us here on the Conquer Local podcast. Some great takeaways. And uh, we look forward to speaking to you again someday. It's been my pleasure, and thank you so much for having me. I learned a lot from Dr. Anand in just a very short period of time on the podcast today. It was great to hear some of her learnings when it came to working with large organizations and what it takes to get innovation to grow inside corporate culture. You know, the first takeaway that I have is that that entrepreneurial spirit, and I like to sometimes refer to myself as a serial entrepreneur, and I have a lot of respect for entrepreneurs. Dr. Anand talks about how that entrepreneurial spirit is actually intrapreneurial, and it's missing in a lot of the large organizations that are out there. And hence, her book and her work around this greenhouse effect. And then the second takeaway was that talk about how the majority rules in the boardroom and the minority thought is then stifled. And we need that minority thought and we need that healthy debate to get that constant innovation. And that's what's missing from a lot of organizations. We talked about some analogs. We used it, you know, the Kodak thing where they had digital camera way early. We talked about some brands that have disappeared off the face of the earth because they weren't innovating. I think there's always a takeaway from some of these lessons that are learned. Failure is only failure if you don't learn from it. And there's some great takeaways inside this podcast, and I can't wait for you to read that book. It is something that you really need to consume from Dr. Anand. There are some great approaches to how to cultivate deliberate innovation in your organization inside that book, The Greenhouse Approach. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did in bringing Dr. Chitra Anand to the Conquer Local podcast. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast with your host, George Lee. Executive producers are Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Danny Mario. Audio engineering, Sound Lounge by T-Bone. Marketing by Rory Lawford. Produced by Colleen McGrath. <laughs>